Count money, man. Money, Stack man. riches. Try, try and told, try and told him I'm a beast, bud. What's up, gang? What's up, Welcome gang? to the broadcast. Simon Arias here. Get ready. It's a new day. What's up, gang? Welcome to another episode of the Grindcast. Get ready. It's a new day. Of course, we got Big Perm in the house. What's up, y'all? We got my man, Tyler Dickerhoof, my dog. Oh. I can't wait to introduce everybody to, to Tyler. So let me first tell you how I met Tyler. Um, right. Last year, you know, a lot of you know I went to the uh, John Maxwell Leadership Conference with uh, my mentor and friend, Coach Jim Tressel, and uh, we went to London. And when I went to London, you all know my routine early in the morning. You know, you know where to find me early in the morning, no matter where I'm at. I'm going to be in the gym. Always at the gym. So early in the morning before this conference, I would go down to this gym and there wasn't many people there. It was like me and one other guy, me and two other people, <laughs> yeah. Max, you know, usually. And I kept seeing Tyler's face and I didn't know that he was going to the same thing that I was going to. And when, when I realized that he ended up at the same conference that I was at, I automatically had a respect for him and felt like I had something in common with him because somebody that does that in the morning, I know what type of mental battle right. that entails and what right. type of discipline they've instilled into their life and, and, and that their health is important to them and all this other stuff. And then I end up coming to find out he was a Buckeyes fan because I was with Coach Trussell and they were talking and then, you know, and then that's kind of how we started talking and I found out that he was from Worcester and uh, was originally from Ohio and was a Buckeyes fan. So I'm like, now I really like this dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and the more I, I got to learn about him, you yeah. know, I realized the business that he was in ended up. There's some similarities of of what we do. No, but I could enough for me to at least respect the game and and know how you know it's not easily built, but how rewarding it can be through serving other people and watching other people grow right and so i felt like i had all those things in common so we started to, to talk and then recently uh i asked them on the last one we were just at west palm i said would you mind you know coming on the grindcast and adding some uh you know adding some of your life to our viewers and uh, listeners and he said absolutely so you know i think tyler if if you could please you know just maybe kind of let people know uh who little bit about you who you are and and uh you know i think from from what i remember in our conversations you were uh were you like dealing with cows or like a cow you know yeah you, you're living and, and then all of a sudden yeah. you got into yeah. business and how did that all work because i he's a beast right now in leadership and in, <laughs> and in business so how did that go from cows to where you're at right now uh, yeah, it, it was a journey, man. It was a journey. It took me out of Northeast Ohio. Um, so like you said, I grew up in Worcester. I grew up on a dairy farm. Uh, my family milked cows. That's what uh, my parents did. And uh, from there, I went to school at uh, Cornell University in upstate New York. Saw more snow than I ever seen in my life. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm out of here. <laughs> and uh, moved to California. And, and like you'd mentioned, I had a career where I was a nutritionist for cows. So essentially imagine what a dietitian does for people, right. but I did that for cows. Um, did that for 13 years and um, it, it's kind of serendipitous. Here we are two days before Thanksgiving and in 2008, you know, and everyone had a, a you know, if you're, I'm 41. So I kind of went through 2008 in my career, two days, the day before Thanksgiving, uh, I lost a client, one of my clients that I was working with, and that was 25% of my income. And, uh, you know, here at that point, I had uh, a wife, two kids, used to do hair. 
Um, she was no longer doing hair and it just kind of, um, it affected me a lot. You know, 2008, 2009, whether in real estate, whatever business you infected. So that caused us to really look and search move uh, California because I, I was just kind of burnt. I was burnt in the industry, moved to Spokane, Washington, where we're at now. And uh, ultimately, my wife got introduced to network marketing, sat next to a lady on an airplane. Now, let me let me connect some dots here. Um, she was talking to this lady. It was a two and a half hour plane ride. And uh, she texts me afterwards. She's like, hey, I, I think you know who I was sitting next to. I'm like, okay. She's like, Elo. And I'm like, like Craig Elo. And she's like, Craig Elo. His wife. And uh, I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, growing up, I was a Cavs fan, man. Come on. Of course I was. The the days of of Mark Price and Brad Doherty oh, and Hot Rod yeah. Williams and Larry Nancy. Yes. Elo, of course. And uh, that's where we got to where we're at today as far as that experience, that, that crossing path um, led us into network marketing. And I can sit here as honest as can be 12 years ago when I lost, you know, had that change in my business, I would have never guessed I'm at where I'm at now. Wow. And, and to be able to, to be sharpened, um, you know, as iron sharpens iron with guys like yourself um, that make me better. And, and it, it's been a crazy journey that there's only one, one reason I'm here and that's God. So. Amen. Amen. Sure. And especially now you said Cornell, that's something I think I either didn't know or, or I yeah. wasn't paying attention when you told me that. I, and, and, you know, you know, I'm not the sharpest uh, tool in the shed. You know, I kind of, I'm from Youngstown, you know where that's at. And I'm a grinder and I worked hard and I listen to people and I'm yeah. coachable. But uh, I, Cornell, that's the, that's the real, that's where the real, I couldn't have got into there, I don't think, right? <laughs> Cornell, that's that. Cornell's a good school. So now I see uh, why you're so intelligent. Now I see why uh, when you're talking, it's like, man, I got to really pay attention. See, see, some of us were, were fast and athletic in high school. There are some of us that just knew how to pick out pretty cows. So let me give you a little story there, okay? So if you've ever seen like a dog show, right? Just yep. imagine you, you see those commercials, whatever, a dog show. Yep. They have those for cows, right? Okay. So I grew up doing that. I grew up evaluating cows and, you know, judging cows. It's like a beauty contest for cows. Uh, I got recruited to Cornell to do that. So yeah, wow. I, I, I had the grades, I had okay. whatever, um, but I got recruited to Cornell to do that. So not athletic, not like, you know, right. guys like yourself, you know, Coach Trestle doing that stuff, but uh, it was for cows. So And now you're that. with now you're with Isogenics. Correct. Right? How long have you been doing was that the company through your wife yeah. and you've been with them the whole yeah. time? Yep. Okay. No other network marketing experience. Okay. No way, no how. Didn't want to. Even if you said today, like it's more of, you know, um, yeah, nine and a half years. So May of 2011. Um, <clears throat> and uh, it, it was one of those things that it, it, you know, again, if I look at my journey and I can't, you know, it, I, I grew up in a Christian home. I, mm -hmm. I grew up going to church, but never really understand it. And that's a big part of me. If you're not a person of faith, that's okay. Right. Um, I am. And, and that's something that's been kind of ebbed and flow in my life. And, and as I, I grow more, how important it is. And, and one of the things my wife and I did is when we got married and here I had this career in nutrition for cows, my wife had never seen a cow. She didn't understand it. She, she did hair. Um, she loved to make people feel good about themselves. And we prayed for something to do together. We didn't know what that was. We didn't know. It's like I had to do something with nutrition because I like nutrition and cows and helping people feel good about themselves. And so when God put this in our lap, a you network marketing it. company that's all about helping people and nutrition and they have whey protein. And I'm like, 
is it. This is just God. And, and that's how it, you know, kind of came about. And, and so it, would I have ever necessarily picked out a network mark? I don't think so. I, I never on my radar. Wow. Kind of meant to be. And now you're one of the top five earners, I think in the company globally. Yeah. Is that yeah. right? And, uh, wow. I mean, just been crushing it on that front. Wow. And, and, you know, I think I relate and, and I love, first of all, I, I knew somewhat about the products and I, I just knew when I, Isogenics I went with like natural and healthy. That's about as far as right. it went. So then recently when we were at the conference and you gave Tristan one, I stole it because you didn't give me one. So I'm like, oh, hey, just, all right. And, let me just tell you how I am. Hey, he had to come ask for it. I'll, I'll share. Yep. Um, I loved it. it. I loved it. It's it's yeah. like a healthy it's a healthy cleaner energy drink is the is the stuff that I like. Is that the way you would yeah. describe yeah. it or okay. Yeah, it, it is a but here I'm going to give you two things that separate it. Okay? And this isn't a sales pitch. I'll explain that's not me. You know that. Yep. How did you get the product? You've known me for over yep. a year and how did you get the product? Yep. I had okay. to ask for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um it has adaptogen herbs in it. Okay. Let me give you a little background. When the Russians were kicking our tail back in the seventies and they were juicing, doing all that stuff, mm -hmm. they could only pump so much steroids into them and win. They had to figure out a better way to recover. Everyone knows you're any athlete. You got to figure out how to recover. Yep. And so the scientists that develop the, the herbs to help them recover those are the herbs that are in the products mm. because there's a relationship between the owner of the company and that guy from back 20 years ago. All right. That's one thing. The next thing is all of the vitamins. So if we eat food, um, whether it's, it's your protein shake or whatever else, there's vitamins in there. The vitamins in that come straight from vegetables. And that's my background in formulation. If I'm figuring out, you just think about a diet for like your pets. Okay. Everyone loves pets, right? When they're putting together that dog food or cat food or chinchilla food, whatever it may be, Perm, you got a chinchilla? No. <laughs> no. No? No. I can see you being a chinchilla Me too. Guy. Me too. Oh, do I? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I would I thought too. you said, do I have one on now? I'm like, no, I don't have one on No, now. no. I can see you being yes. like a guy. Oh, like, yeah. I, I like Him and Precious. For sure. Yeah, no, you yeah. both got one. Yeah. Yeah. So when they formulate that and i'm getting real nerdy i'm sorry this is the cornell coming out no, come Stop on with it. It. No, they come vitamins on in there to keep them healthy well those vitamins come from you know synthetic sources because that's really the only supply of it right just i mean that's what it is well now new science because we've evolved has figured out how to extract those straight from the vegetables and plants and that's what's in there love it Love okay. it. We'll, we'll stop there. We'll no, I think it's great because, you know, I, I was looking, you know, I like having these, these drinks, but I know that some of them are, are, most of them are not clean. Right. And so that was my fight with it. So when I, when I found that I had somebody that I trusted and that I, I, I know, you know, what this reads for the most part, and it, it all looked good to me. And then I started taking it and I, I didn't feel horrible. Horrible. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so I ordered, yeah. so I ordered some and I've been, I've been rolling with it. So, you know, the, the, you know, MLM, you know, yeah. that's, it's, it's almost like when you hear that is like same, same look I get when, you know, it sounds good. You're at a wedding and uh, I went to Cornell. Great. Oh, oh man. man. Great guy. And then what do you do, sir? Uh, I'm in uh multi-level marketing and, and, uh, or, you know, or whatever. It, it's like, oh, 
You know, it's like, you know, it's almost that's it's what I've always gotten from the life insurance. Yeah. It's like, what do you oh, do? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, I, 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 it took me a while to get proud and just oh, be like, right. you know what? I represent yeah. this is what I, do. what I do because sometimes there's things that that people get the wrong picture of. Right. And, and I've actually had the right picture multiple times. And some of it has been through uh, the Maxwell conferences. But I've known people that have done very well with this very successful help a lot of people have people successful and so my perspective of it was completely different, different. i'm not right. but so but what are what is there one is there any one or two things that you know that you could think of that that is you know maybe something that is you know people think about when they hear you know mlm some common myth or something you want to debunk well i i think it goes back to um you know the story why you have that in your hand you know, there's people that are, uh, I'm going to say, you're not this guy. I'm not this guy. Um, the people that are this way, mm, it may work short time, but it doesn't work the long time. Mm -hmm. If you're high pressure, you're in somebody's face, you're like cramming it down their throat. They may buy it once, but they're not going to maintain that relationship a long time. I had a friend I was talking to here the other day, and he told me the difference between a connector and a networker. Great little, you know, segment on his podcast. The guy's name is Brad Lominick. That's a shout out to him. And he goes through it and he goes, a connector is there to serve. A networker is how can I get mine? People don't want to be around the guy that says, how can I get mine for very long? Right. They, they, they get turned off. And, and right. network marketing as an industry, the word networking is all about how can I get mine? Not saying, hey, how can I just serve people? I'm not going to shove it down their throat. Maybe it isn't what they want, but I have value and what that value is and I can help people. And, you know, to me, that was, that's how my wife and I really built our business. Right. Um, wow. It was about that. It wasn't about, Hey, how many people can we call today and try to force our product? No, is how many people can we just connect with and say, Hey, how can I help you? Maybe that's our products. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's me connecting with my buddy, Simon, because I trust him and I know he's going to take care of you because he has your best interest, right. not how can he get his. Right. And yep. it's creating that, that, that mesh and fabric. Yes. And, and that to me is you want to be around those people. In you business. create that brand. And then, and then you also create that momentum in your life because it's just yeah. this constant, you right. know, cause when you get around and treat people like that, it's, it, it, it they, it, everybody starts to flow together and do things like that because it's all about how yeah. can I help you? How can I serve you? Right. Cause we all know naturally that's going to come if you right. just help people right. and, and, yep. and look out for people and, and do the right thing. What, what things can, can you think back to some obstacles, you know, on the journey that, you know, somewhere between where you started and where you are currently almost a decade later into this, you know, you probably didn't start out in the top three or five income, you know, or earners in the whole company in uh, Isagenic. So, you know, somewhere between mm -hmm. zero and where we're at now, what was anything stand out to you about obstacles in the business? I, you know, left my other careers to, to focus on network marketing. Um, and, and so that was two years into our business. Kelly, my wife started, had phenomenal success. And what I saw is, she was doing things that she wasn't good at, didn't like to do. 
we all have things. Mm-hmm. You know, Perm is really good at getting stopped at TSA. Yes. yes. What he's good at. Come on. Right? Yeah, right. Okay. Right. So he's got to own that and say, hey, you know what, guys, let me go first so you can just skirt right through, yeah, right? That's right. what yep. he's good at. Yep. So we all, he, see, Simon told me that you were going to like be, be like cracking jokes. So I got to get the first ones in. Ooh. So that way they're funnier on the back end. I like right? Perm, you got this? I got it. I'm, I'm listening. Okay. All right. Let's get it. And, and so then she was doing those things realizing, Hey, you need help. And it's like, I have a skill set. I have a unique skill set. And man, I'm really about this industry because it's all the things I'm passionate about. Right. It's like, why don't we do this together? Well, it didn't come across that nice. It was a, it was a big fight. Some of the best things in our managers come with a big fight. It just is what it is. Come on. Um, and, and so then I stepped into the business and was like, oh, okay, I, I'm going to start leading, but I didn't understand really, I had this feeling and idea of leading and it was serving people. It was helping people, you know, figure out their skills. I love to coach. I coach my kids sports. I started coaching when I was, you know, right out of high school. I loved it because I have a a strength where it's a a ranger, strengths finder, 2.0, a ranger. And it just finds those specific talents and puts people in the right place. I love to do that. And so I came and I started doing that. And that was a real catalyst to understand the difference between people in, in, and I'm going to say any business Mm -hmm. is separating the idea that their business is the product they sell. Their business is all about the people that are on the journey with them. Some of those are customers, some of those employees. And if they're not focusing on the people, I don't care what business you have, it's not going to work. Right. And so that's what really fueled me into this journey of, of wanting to grow and learn and, and shed kind of the mistakes of my career previously where I was young, dumb, and arrogant. And, um, you know, God, you know, I'm the type of person, God's got to, you know, take that ball of clay and rip it out of my hands. Uh, I'm not one of those, just give it up. And, and he had to do that. And and that's where I I share the story about, you know, day before Thanksgiving, because that was a, Hey, I'm going to knock you on your knees. So you look at me rather than you trying to do this on your own. Right. Amen. I try to tell people that, you know, sometimes it's just sometimes we all need to learn at our own times. You know, I had the yeah. same type of yeah, same type of transition. Um, what you know, what things I know Maxwell's a mentor. John Maxwell is a mentor of yours. And, uh, you know, we both kind of, you know, have that that same passion for some of the content that he's put out and the impact that he's made on on us and, and stuff. And but I think, you know, you so uh, you more so. Did I lose him, Giovanni? You still nope, there? I'm here. No, uh, you're there. There you something go. Something happened with the screen, but you know, I, I think you more so uh, have been, have spent a lot of close uh, time with him. I think you've you've went to Israel, you know, to, mm-hmm. uh, also. So, what what inside look can you give people to John Maxwell as far as what have you learned, you know, from him that you think sticks out the most, and anything that would be good for other people to know some things that you've picked up. I'm going to go back to one of the things you said earlier. You know, you said something about, um, you know, grinding, working hard. I may not be the sharpest, you know, tool or whatever. That's what I've learned from John. The biggest thing, you know, I, I grew up on a farm, you know, I had to figure out how to do everything. I love and milk too. No yeah, milk's the you best. Know, it, that was just it. And, and so then I had like this level of skill set where I can just figure it out. Well, that was a problem because I'd always just figured out rather than asking others for right. it. And the thing that I've learned from John the most and I put it this way, it's better to be the sharpest knife in the kitchen rather than all the utensils in the drawer. 
So figure out whatever, you know, whatever you are, if you're a spoon, be the best darn spoon you can be. Mm. If you're a, you know, tongs, if you're whatever that is, everyone is different. Everyone has a different skill set. When you try to say, oh, I'm going to be everything. Well, then you're nothing and you're not serving anyone. And then you get into the comparison game and then you get frustrated because you're not fulfilled. And so that's what I think John has done so well for me to understand because I see him model it. You'll be the first one to say, I'm not good at that stuff. He doesn't say it in a way that he can't do it. He says that in a way I choose not to because he's actually a w- amazingly bright guy that is wonderful with technology at 73. There are a lot of things he's really good at, but how he connects with people is like, mm, this is where I focus. This is what I do. I empower those others that I know are better. And he does it in times that even where it's like, I know he could probably do it better, but he does it because he knows if he powers them, everyone gets better. Yes. So those are just examples that I've learned. And That's how you in, grow. The amount of belief that he's poured into me, dude, he thinks better. You know, I don't know what he sees on me, but it's a lot more than what I see. Mm-hmm. And that's our biggest fault is oftentimes we don't see what everyone else does. You know, I don't see what you see in me. You see something totally different from your perspective. Right. I see something in you that you probably don't see. Right. Well, he does an amazing job of finding that and helping you grow in that spot just at the rate that you can. And he got a work ethic. Oh, ridiculous. You know, I know when we go on these things, I brought a guest and I'm like, listen here, young fella, I'm going to let you know right now, he's going to have us out doing something till 10, 11 o'clock at night by the time we get all the way in, you know, falling asleep and in your room. And then breakfast will be at seven something in the morning. And, you know, we work out first. So he's going to and he'll be up ready to go at at breakfast, ready to go in his 70s. He got a work ethic. You know what I mean? With the travel and, you know, he traveled to speak for so long and other countries and all this other stuff. Can you speak to the work ethic? Well, I mean, it's it is impressive. You know, I've been on a a trip with with him to Israel. And this is what I realized. And this hit me right when I got back from Florida. So I probably in a, you know, I'm a guy that I go to bed early. All right. I'm in bed at 845. Okay. Yep. I'm up 4.45 at the latest. This morning I was up at four because I just, I woke up and I needed to do stuff. So I was up. And so um, when that, when we were in Florida and I had this situation where, hey, we were up late, but then I was up early. I slept the least amount for that week, but I was more energized in that week than I've ever been. And this is what I realized. And this is where, you know, I come back home and you get into the normal life, a normal home and whatever else. When you're in such a positive environment that is fulfilling and you got guys like you and Tristan and we had Adam and we had Jeff that are in the gym and they're so excited about lifting others up. Dude, I, I was like, I even told my wife, I couldn't believe how not tired I was. <laughs> and so I can only imagine from now that I've spent more time with John in, in that, that environment that he creates, because it's, it's created right. and it's a challenge for all the rest of us as I learned to how do I create that where it's positive, you roll with it and let's look at the bigger things and let's go. Dude, that is, to me, that's a secret. Perm, perm, perm. I think is is one of the most excited people right now because I think he just thinks he found his connect his connection. 
right now. So, you know, where we're from, you know, we're in Youngstown, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. There's a thing called, there's people we call it a connect, a connection. And that's when we're, that's called that. That's like the distributor. That that's someone that you go to, and that's like your wholesaler yeah. for whatever it okay. may be. It, whether it's or music shoes. or or medicine or you know whatever rims, rims whatever. whatever. Rims, that, all of that can qualify as a connect. <laughs> as a connect. Just to Correct. be clear, just to be clear, <laughs> no, it, yeah. multiple names. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, I think his favorite thing to drink, anybody that knows him, is milk. I mean, he just loves. Now we're talking. Oh, Love milk. Now so we're I think talking, when he started hearing you talking about the cows. You know, well, I don't I know if excited. you heard him growling over. He's like, I love I milk. Said, I love milk, man. Right. <laughs> I love milk. Two percent is my thing. Okay. Love it. Yeah. Yep. Milk's the thing. Get it. Yep. So yeah. I, yeah. So we may have to get perm on an episode of milk and one of them cows. Oh yeah, let's do that. I'm down. I'm, and I've never have, done one either. They, they got Starbucks up there in Washington too, because ain't oh, yeah. that where it's, oh, it was yeah. founded in that state? Oh yeah, yeah. in Seattle. So we uh -huh. could go to Starbucks. We get you milk and some cows. Some cow, yeah, I'm down. Hey, I, I I got friends in Pittsburgh. You want to find a cow? I'll, I'll get you hooked up with a cow. A close. If you're gonna, this is my thing. All right. If you're gonna milk cows, you uh -huh. might as well be pretty, right? Yes. Right. Give me somebody pretty. You, you was know. the judge. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So we'll, we'll take care of that. I'll, all right. I'll, I'll make sure you get to go on a field trip. All right, I'm down with it for sure. I love it. Let's do it. That sounds like some some advice my drunk uncle would use. You know what I mean? Would tell me like, listen, man, if you're gonna milk cows, it might as well be pretty. You got to be a pretty one. I got you. <laughs> no more for you. Look, uncle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, all all yeah. all jokes aside, you know, I want to switch gears. Go back. Real quick to the to the obstacles, you know, when I was talking about some of the obstacles that you face, but you know, I, and I asked for, you know, I I I wanted to make sure you were comfortable talking about this, you know, part of of your upbringing and in, uh, you know, something tragic happened, you know, as a as a right. young person, and you know, as you watch people out here in this world go through certain traumatic experiences, and a lot of times that's the exact reason why they end up. You know, not being able to fulfill their, you know, their right. destiny, getting over these types of deep. So to see the way that you've been able to, to to get over an obstacle that very few people can can relate to. You know, I think there's sometimes when when you go through things like this, there's a there's a small group of people that have gone through that in, in some way, shape or form. And only somebody that's gone through that can really relate to that right. to that other person. And, yep. and, and so. You know, I asked if you would talk about that because I think there's 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 somebody you can encourage out there, and it's also amazing to see the type of person that you are. And uh, so, can you tell us a little bit about you know what happened with your brother and and how yeah. mentally how have you overcome that stuff? Um, you know, I, I I look at it as as much it's a it's a gift to be able to talk about it. And and you know, I, I say that I was I was interviewing a guy. I got a podcast coming out in January. And, and we were talking yesterday. And, and one of the things that I realized is a major barrier for me, and I'm going to get to Simon's question, don't worry, is insecurity. Okay. We all have it. Every one of us, every one of us have an insecurity. And so if you're listening to this, I would just take a moment to say, hey, you, me, everyone else has one. For sure. And the sooner that you can um, gain perspective of what that is, you're going to grow leaps and bounds. And, and, and this, you know, I asked this guy kind of like you asked yesterday, Hey, you know, list of questions. Can I ask him? And he said, yeah. And I said, Hey, what are your insecurities? And it was like a deer in the headlights. And he goes, I've never thought about it. And, and I realized, Oh God, God took me on a journey. And it started when I was 14. 
So when I was 14, again, growing up on a farm, I have an older sister, um, uh, three younger siblings. And it was a June day, um, just got out of high school, just done with my freshman year. And, you know, farming Northeast, you know, you bail hay. All right, let's be honest. Everyone's kind of, you know, farm, you make hay. And so we were getting ready to do that. And um, my brother, who was, I was 14, he was three. Um, he came over to see me and I didn't realize it. And I dro- drove over him, ran over him and he died. And, um, you know, one of the things that happened right after that, and, and this is the pivotal because it comes back to some of these insecurities is right after that happened, the, the ambulance comes, the, the sheriff comes. And I can remember I'm right outside by barn, right? I have cows, mm-hmm. milk cows, dairy cows. And I'm 14 years old. And the sheriff's asked me, he's like, hey, you know what happened? I'm like, here's the deal, dude. There's 50 cows in there that aren't going to milk themselves. So you can come with me and you can ask whatever questions you want, but that's what I'm going to go do. Um, about two or three years ago, God really revealed to me how I made it through life. One, I never, never to this day have ever felt any guilt from that moment. Never once, never once. It was an accident, plain and simple accident. Never had it. And and I'm, I'm thankful for that because I can imagine you go through something tragic. You carry that guilt. I I see family members that have never forgiven themselves, release that. And there's guilt and it'll, it's either going to make you better or bitter. And I'm thankful. I believe it's made me better. Um, you know, one of the things that you mentioned earlier, obstacles, I don't really know many. I know of challenges mm. and I love to climb that mountain. Yep. And, and so it's like, I don't see as obstacles hold me back. It's just, how can I get better? And so what I, I was sitting in the gym, again, we're talking about my morning routine at the gym, sitting on the bench just afterwards, drinking my protein shake. And God said, you know, that's how you deal with stuff. So I put my head down and push. I just put my head down and push. And what I realized in that is, Ooh, I push people away. Mm. See, one of the things I've realized from my, my insecurities, my insecurities is always, you know, trying to understand my value. And for me, I, I was not an athletic kid. I was a little run. I was, um, I was smaller than you as, you know, whenever, I mean, and, and I grew when I was later. Um, I always tried to add value, find value in what I knew. And that got me in a lot of trouble because I would just be that, you know, that guy that's always like, oh, dude, here's what he knows. You go to Cornell, even worse, right? Professionally, even worse. Okay. And I had to realize that my, my put my head down and push people, push people away. But me trying to be the smart guy and find value in that push people away too. Wow. Wow. I mean, this is like Mm. this stuff. Now, how do you make it out of that into humility? You know what I mean? Because that's that's someone that probably when you're describing that is like, all right, probably comes off at least trying to cover for that as I'm smarter than everybody else. And and so maybe a little bit of ego, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then you find a way to die to yourself and have some form of, of humility, which you believe, you know, started to allow you to impact you know, more, more people. How would somebody transition through that? Because, you know, I've been there, you know, I, I wasn't, I wouldn't describe myself as, as a humble person, really, you know, when coming up 16, 17 college, you know, it was like flash, you right. know, and, and, uh, and stuff like that. And, and, uh, try to be authoritative and intimidating and, you know what I mean? And all of that stuff. And, 
And so I, all the time I meet talented people in my business that I try to impact like somebody impacted me. You know, there's somebody that directly kind of helped me with that journey of, all right, you know, we still, I still need to do work every day. I need to, you know, remind myself and try to check myself, you know, sometimes, but you know, just trying my hardest to walk in humility, you know, and, and then teaching other people how to do that and, and, and encouraging them that it doesn't make you weak. It doesn't mean that you're soft. It means the opposite right. and you're going to impact more people. So how would you take someone through, how did you make that transition and how would you take someone you know else through that transition? Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's hard, but it's easy. It's be vulnerable and admit it. I, I just told you and everyone else. And, and, and I'm, I'm amazed that, you know, that that's not hard for me to do because I've worked a lot at it and say, Hey guys, when I'm sitting here telling you how much I know, mm, call me out on that because that's, that's where my insecurities, that's where I'm not speaking from my, my failures and experiences. I'm speaking from my successes and no one wants to hear that. No one wants right. to go with that guy. They'll go with them short term, but they're not in it. You know, the guys that have been through you, the, through the hard stuff with you, they're with you. You know, you, you look at football teams, sure. the, the teams that are together when they're 0 and 16 are way stronger at 11 and five. It's the guys that you bring in that weren't there through the grind that are like, ah, I don't know if I believe. And that's right. us in life is whatever teams around us. And so for me, that's just been a practice of being vulnerable and, and helping other people in that process, because I've seen how much that opens up people. Like when you could sit there and say, ha, this is what I suck at. Mm hmm. This is where it's hard for me. This is where my, my ego gets ahead of me. This is where, you know, here's the, and, and I've long, we all get up to pee at three in the morning. It's reality, right? Everyone's got insecurities. And here's the thing is most people know it. You might as well tell them. Everyone knows that you can look at you. We, we all know this in life and it's not judging. It's just like, Oh, okay. That's a sensitive spot. Oh, they tried to like, tell me they tried to flex. They tried to do whatever. It's like, look what I got this or that. It's like, okay, that's a mask to that insecurity. Let that stuff down. Let me tell me who you are. Right. That's what I want to know. And that's how we're going to, you know, progress together. And so that's, it's been a practice of that. And, you know, I'm so thankful that you know, John has had a major impact in that for me because I see him model that every single time I'm with him. Every time. You're not a tech person, Simon. Oh, you, you know, you know already. It's like okay. one of them babies. I heard you throwing head. jabs at me with the, uh, you know, because he he busts my chops about because I say I'm bad with technology. Yeah. He, say, he wants me to say I choose to be bad at uh, technology and I don't yeah. care, which is which is probably <laughs> yeah. probably yeah. true. There's nothing, there's but I'm also working in my strength zone. You know, my strike yeah, zone. Dude. That would have took a lot of work over there. It's like that would be like me trying to be the center for the basketball team almost. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just not well, not in my zone. But but you know, let's talk about that. That's where people get in trouble. Yeah. That's where every one of us not staying in, in their lane. No, I mean, it's, it's not staying in your lane, but it's just not understanding. It's like, you know, be open. what you said, like to be open. Well, it's beyond that. You had a mentor, right? Simon. Yep. I'm guessing perm. You did too. Right. Mm -hmm. You had somebody in your life. Maybe it was Simon. I don't know that helped you find out. Oh, that's what I'm really good at. Perm was kind of like <laughs> Perm had a mentor, all right. Perm's 
<laughs> Burb's mentor was a hustler. <laughs> oh, hey. You know? And that's what he was good at. <laughs> I hear him thinking, like, I know what I'm good at. What yeah, I used well, to be good at. Yeah. There's good attributes in that. Flip it's it. like, you're just kind of where you apply it. God can do amazing things yeah. if you let him. You just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll move along. Um, but it's, it's you know, it, it takes somebody in life or it takes an experience in life for us to be like, oh. It's that day, for example, you're trying to play center. All right, what are you, 5'8", five, 5'7"? Five, I wish. Yeah, 5'7". Five, 5'7". Seven. I'm, I'm, seven. All right, my dad's 5'7". Yeah. It's yeah. all good. Um, did you say what, Did you say your dad's 5'7"? Yeah. So you're telling my me that my five, son seven. has hope. <laughs> How the hell did this happen? How the hell did you end up so tall and your dad was 5'7"? He's the one I need to have on the podcast yeah. and, and, and how teach me how to do that. Jesus. My mom's 5'4". Okay. I'm going to give you a little fact about my dad. So my dad, um, amazing high school football player in this, in the sixties. Um, you know, and that was the time he's the first person in his family ever to go to college. And, uh, he gets to go to Wilmington college in Ohio, mm. um, which I think has been renamed is down in, in Southern Ohio. And, uh, as a five, seven, probably weighed like 175 pounds. And this is in 1969. He's the starting guard, starting middle linebacker on the football team. So yep. it, it's one of those Tough. things now as a freshman, yep. granted it's division two, division three with small yep. school, but yep. still accomplished. Yep. That. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, walks away from that realizing that's not going to get me anywhere in life and transfers to Ohio state. Um, and, and so that's just a little segment about my dad and, and something that, but at the same point, as athletic as he is, was he worked so hard, you know, being, he was a nutritionist for cows too, had a dairy farm, all that stuff but didn't have the time to really spend, uh, you know, with me as a, as a father, son, I spent a lot of time with him. I, I'm so thankful, you know, on the farm doing all those things, yep. but as far as like playing sports, just going to hang out, do those things. That was never part of our life. Yep. And so that's he was something putting that's that work important. in. And now you yeah. like to, you want to spend the time with your kids. I see the value in one spending time with them, but man, I got to show them how to work. Got to show them. Got to show them how to grind. Come on, man! Absolutely. One of the things that I'm reading this book right now, um, it's called "Becoming a King." There's a buddy in Pittsburgh that sent it to me actually, Um, and uh, it it talks about one of the things as a father. What's really important is, man, you better teach your kids how to work because that's partly your responsibility. If you don't teach them how to do some of those things, that's not good for them either. Amen. You can teach them, hey, do the things you're good at. And the things you aren't, mm, understand where you're going to screw it up and where you need help. Yep. But it doesn't mean that you can't figure out how to change a tire because, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean, oh, yeah, I could call AAA. Pfft. Change the freaking tire, get some calluses on your hand, get a little dirty. It's not going to hurt you. All right. That's a soapbox. But um, <laughs> that's where it's convicting to me because it's like uh, I need to be doing that with my kids. I need to making sure that they're out there. And, and one of the things kind of a couple of things. Let me finish this one thought. So for me, it was understanding I'm not the center in the basketball team at five, seven. I need to go play point guard because that's where my skills best suit me. Yep. And I had that in life and, and I'm thankful network marketing and, and give me this opportunity to share my story. Dude, I'm so comfortable doing that because God made me that way. And that's my talent and skill. And that's what I need to go do. And instead of trying to play the, the center when I'm only five, seven, I need to go play point guard and I need to, you know, do the best. Instead of trying to be the, the scorer, 
I need to be the number six guy that comes in and grabs rebounds and just grinds and makes that other score so exhausted that he has to go to the bench so our guy can come back in and drop 20. Yes. That's what I had to realize and thankful that I have those experiences. Okay. You know what else is Um, crazy? You know, having you two, they say, you know, if you want to, you know, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. If you want to be the X, Y, Z, you, you know, if hang around four other ones, you'll be the fifth. Perm's mom, Perm's mom mm. is, is like 4'11". She's 4'9 okay. now. She's 4'9 now. Yeah. And, some, and, and she got all boys, and, and a couple of them are just giant. Like, Perm ain't the biggest one out of them, oh. okay? So she had big kids, mm-hmm. and she's small. Your dad had big a big kid, yep. and he's small. Maybe there's hope for me, Zombie for my kids, to, to have a couple yeah. extra yeah. inches yeah. hanging around yeah. you guys. Yeah. You know That's what I'm right. saying? You're telling That's me there's right. hope here. There's hope. Well, sure. Just feed them right. That's it. Mm-hmm. Feed them right. Feed Dairy right. cows. Yeah. Yeah. And rice um, and beans. Mm. <laughs> rice and beans. <laughs> <make them> grow. <laughs> so speaking uh, of cows, you know, you, you yeah. still take care of cows now. We've yeah. talked about right. So, what makes you want to do that still at this point of your of your life? Is that is that your it's that's not hobby. a business for you? Is it? It, it? it it's a hobby. I mean, there's oh. some money there, but it keeps me humble. You know, we were talking earlier about insecurities, and and I'm glad you you went there because that's that's one of the things I wanted to share. Is each of us have to find something. I don't care if you got to go scrub your toilet. Each of us have to find something to keep us humble. If we don't, we start reading the press clippings. We start thinking, you know, that we're better than someone else and better than anyone. No. And so it's been a little bit of a, why do I do it? One, because it's a, it's a, it's a mental release. You know, it's part of going to the gym. It's part of this or that. It's just, I know for 30 minutes a day, twice a day, I'm going to listen to a podcast. I'm going to listen to a book and I'm going to just, Take care of animals. And it's very cathartic. I would recommend anyone, whether you have a dog, you go walk a dog. It is. Um, but it's also, yeah, well, this morning, I had crap on my hands. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> How about you, you know I walked a dog this morning. At two yeah. of them. And yeah. you might have had crap on your hands, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I did. And are you any less person? Are you the no, neighbor that's leaving their dog? Are you just letting the dog poop in everybody's in my yard? yard? No. Only in your yard. Only. Okay, I my got you. Only. All right. Just make sure. But that's why. Is one, it's fun. I want my kids to be around cows. Right. You know, I, I grew up on a farm. My dad grew up on a right. farm. My, my mom, you know, her family had a farm. That's generational. And I want my kids to understand that because they're not going to. And so that's a part of it. And, and here's a great story. This is maybe about a month ago, my daughter who's 14 comes to me and she's like, dad, man, I was saw something on like TikTok or Instagram. And there was this influencer and she was talking about how bad people treat cows and they just, their the milk is bad and all this stuff. And she's telling me, and, and I'm like, she's like, I know that's not true. I'm like I have done my service right. for her to simply understand one, where our food comes right. from, how much people take care of animals. And, you know, now all of a sudden another generation gets it. And, and my kids, you know, they don't actively every day take care of the cows, but they do at times they've, they've shown cows at shows and done those things and they can appreciate and understand it to where it's not like, Ooh, what are cows? That's weird. Right. So I, th- I think one thing that I, that I learned from, you know, playing football in college, this was where I started to, to learn about it is I went to school with people, you know, in high school, 
you only go to school with people that are like very similar to you usually yeah. all locally. And so I went to high school with a certain type of people that were all from our area. And then I went to college with people from all over the place. And some of my college football teammates were from the country, you know, versus everybody being from Youngstown, right. same place I'm from. So I started to hang out with some of them. And I would realize that when you go, like I went to a friend of mine's, you know, farm. I mean, they had tractors, they had deer hanging upside down. Yeah. I'm realizing every tractor, that's really like a Bentley to me. Yeah. Like there's like a, a, a Bentley cars yeah. was the cost of some of these tractors. And I'm like, man, your dad got five five tractors in here you know and and so i started to learn differently you know i was comparing tractors to bentley's and you know and stuff like that but the the thing that the thing that impacted me that i remember that stuck out for the most part was all of my friends that were growing up on a farm they all had impeccable work ethic mm -hmm. and and most of them had a little toughness to them but they all had an impeccable work ethic. And then I, even the level above that, you've seen their, like their parents, they're, they're, they had a sick work ethic. Right. And so you could see it roll into the, right. you know, into the child. And I don't know if you, you know, if you really think that's where you got that, that's what you think, you know, a lot of your work ethic came, came from. And, and that's why you're saying you want your kids to have, you know, a work ethic. Let me give you an example. I, you know, I, I was thinking about this and, and, you know, Yes, we're going through coronavirus. Great. You, you got to keep people safe. You can't go do things. You're a dairy farmer. <laughs> you ain't got no choice. Right. <clears throat> Five in the morning, you're dragging yourself out of bed and you're doing it. As soon as you can, you're going back to bed. You're going through it. And, and I think that just gave me an example as I was thinking about that. And it's like, you just got to do it. And how many things in life do we say, oh, there ain't no one else. I just got to do it. Mm. Or do you mail it in? And, and, you know, hey, I'll be as guilty as anyone. There's things that I, um, you know, forced lack of procrastination is a great thing. In other words, you put a deadline, somebody puts a deadline on you. It's the best thing that can happen, mm. you know, and, 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 and that's happened to me recently. And it's just forced lack of it. procrastination, forced, forced yeah. lack of procrastination. Yeah. Deadline. For some people, you know, they play it and they're like, oh, I'll put a deadline on myself. Hey, that's faking yourself. Have someone else put a deadline on you because, you know, you need to get, well, you're going to get it done. And, and what's amazing is how much more free time you actually have when that's the case. So, you know, part of that is like, hey, I don't have a choice. I don't feel good. Yeah, I'm doing it. I got to do it. They rely on me. It's not going to happen. No way, no right. other how. And I think that that is a work ethic that is so synonymous with agriculture because you have to, and you know, that is your livelihood. And, and there's, especially with animals, they rely on you. And I, I think one of the things that, you know, I, I've seen pieces and parts and I, I love this is, you know, they take kids, forget what the program is. They take kids from the inner city, whatever, and take them out farms and give them that experience because we're so far removed from it. And I think as yourself, you see everything in a different world. All of a sudden, like, I start to appreciate what I have a little differently. I start to say, hey, I want to accomplish something differently because I know there's a different world as opposed to this is all I know. And so this is all I'm going to be. And vice versa, you know, you take a kid from the, the country and, and I, I've never been in, you know, a project. I've never been in an apartment where who knows what's getting sold up and down the, the right. hallway. I've never been there. But you take me to that situation, I'm going to have a much deeper appreciation for everyone that did and the challenges they have. 
And, you know, and so that to me, that that perspective helps me become a more empathetic person sure. because realizing, hey, what I had was my own challenges. What you had, those were your challenges. You tell me your challenges so I can appreciate them because then I better understand how and why you are and vice versa. Then we can walk together. Another huge thing with that process of what you're talking about, you know, regardless if you're sick or not sick, you know, I think a, a big part of what I've seen that it took in sports or in business or whatever to get the job done per se was doing things, you know, it's that whole common denominator of success. You know what I'm talking about? That mm -hmm. successful people do what unsuccessful people are not willing to do. You know, it's that. And I think that whole bridge of not willing to do stems from your feelings of I don't feel like doing this. I don't want to do this. And really to cross the other side of the bridge in anything, you know, it, 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 you have to do things that you don't want to do that you need to do in the process in order to get the result that you want. You know, and I'm no black belt in it. You know, we, we you know, you were saying, yeah, some of our best thing, you know, I'm, I'm married, you know, been been married for a while, been with my wife over 10 years. She's type A, you know, we, she, she'll, she's competitive, you know, we've learned how to. But, but one thing that, that I know that's, that, that I've tried to help other people with is, is I've had to get better in, in not always needing to go 10 and 0 in winning every competition of basketball, football argument, right. you know what right. I mean? And just learning, learning to, to, to just see another person's perspective and, and, and do some things that I necessarily don't want to do in order to get a result that I want. And I'm sure she has to deal with things that she has to do. Some things mm -hmm. probably is like, man, if I, I'll do it right. for you and I'll right. do it for us, right. you know? And I think that's what I've seen in business that what separates people, you know, if everybody got, you know, the same talent or if the talent level is, is even close, it's that work ethic and the work ethic really is separated by this person will do it up until a point of discomfort and this person will do it regardless of how they feel. They'll just do whatever is required in order to get that job done. And that's what I see separating people would be in my top couple things that I think separates people. Would you agree with that? Like what, what other things stand out to you that separate, you know, the people that say they want something and the people that actually get it? That's it. You know, it's, it's you know, there's different books. Talent isn't enough um, is one I think of um, the talent code. It's like it's not about talent. You know, you got to have the raw skills. Anyone can develop skills. We all have skills in different areas, but are you willing to do it? And, and, you know, one of the things for me is, is honestly, that's when I feel most alive. When, when I feel most alive, like there's a situation where it's like, I got to get it done. And, and for me, part of that is a little bit physical, but part of it is, is figuring out the puzzle with my brain. I was a tiny little kid. You know, I was carrying around bags of feed and buckets and bales mm. that weighed more than I did. But I had to figure out how to do it. Right. And I look back and, and those are, are lessons that I learned when I was little. They're lessons you learned how to get by. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing when you get to do some of those things and, and go, man, you feel alive. Oh, and, and to me, that's part of it. And, and it is that thing that's ingrained in you. And if we take that away from kids, if we take that away from that learning lesson from all of us, man, we're poisoning everyone. And it's kind of like the bad apple spoils the, the whole bunch. Well, it's like you put a, you know, one bad apple in there in regards to, oh, you have it easy. And then you're not going to learn for later. And so I think that's exactly the key. It is, are you willing to get past that point of discomfort? But have you practiced that enough to see the results when you get there? Mm 
Yes. And you practice that enough to say the back, your back is against the wall. There's no other way out. You have to do it. It is a hundred percent on you and you're just going to keep going. It's why I think there's certain people that love to run ultra marathons. Like Jesse Itzler loves to, you know, do these ultra marathons, do all these crazy things that he's doing. I'm like, Hey, come work on a farm for a summer. I guarantee you're going to have a whole different perspective because that's what life is, is, you know, you just have to. And it, it's, and so it's like, I think about those things like, yeah, I've done that. But when, when I get to do some of those, dude, that's fun. And I think that is coming back to what you're saying is, is where can you put yourself? Is it the gym? Whatever. Is it, I'm going to go run in the cold because I'm bigger than it. That's your thing. Great. I'm going to go run a marathon because I'm going to figure out how to get it. That's what you need to do. Do it. If it's, I'm going to go work for, you know, 19 hours a day, like John Maxwell and serve people and be so fulfilled as I've seen with him, dude, you have so much energy and you just keep firing when it's for the right purpose and you're doing the right things. It's draining when you don't see the purpose and you can't understand that. Yep. I think one of my favorite things is we we start to close out. One of my favorite things I heard him say is, you know, uh, people come up to me all the time and they say, I want, I'd love to do what you do. I'd love to do what you do and inspire people and do books. And he said, yeah, but would you want to do what I did? And it's that, that process of being willing to do what, what you did in order. And I think that's what correlates from the, from the farm or just people going through stuff yeah. and, 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 and learning that to keep that connectedness of, Mm-hmm. This is what this is what it took in order to get here. And this process is how you get from here to here in that keeping that humility and reminder of, you know, yeah, everybody wants to go here. Mm-hmm. But are you well, everybody wants to milk. Nobody wants to take care of the cow. There you know what I'm go. saying? Yeah. yeah, so to speak. And, and so, you know, one of the things when me and you were talking you know, we always, you know, we're like, all right, hey, have you read this book? Do you read this book? I got one. Here's this one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we're all sharing these books and, right. you know, and stuff. What what books would you recommend for someone that's just starting out, you know, to read books as a, a broad uh, someone that's because this is mostly business entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. I think people come for that, yeah. you know, mostly here. Yeah. Uh, and my mom, I think she just hangs out just she so she could laugh at me and Perman because it's yeah. me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I'm, 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 I, I get where you're going here. I was told that Perm was going to crack some jokes. Now, yeah, he's calm today. He's tamed today. I'm tamed. Yeah, I just yeah. said be ready. I, I never know what he's going to do or I mean, say. I'm, or, I'm, I'm so interested in, in, in what you're saying. I'm just locked in. You got him locked oh, in. Okay. Yeah. Right, he's thinking about the cows. Yeah, he hasn't honest. seen many people that, that have taken care of cows. So yeah. he's just like, he's mesmerized yeah. by you. He's, I'm he's locked memorized. in, man. Yes. All right. All right. That's, that's fine. Um, man, I, so I, I think back some of the, the first books that I read was How to Grow as a Person. And, and, you know, so when I was growing as a person, it was, it was books that helped me just expand my mind. Um, one of the first books that I read, um, and this has been a recent journey up until five years ago, I, I didn't read books. I didn't, I didn't really at all. Um, and, and so now I, I just looked this morning in on audible in the last two years, I've spent over 27 days reading books. That's the reading time, 27 wow. days worth of time, 27 um, days, 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 um, Start with why by Simon Sinek. And I think that's important because if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, it doesn't matter. 
And, and that's, a, that's a really different book than I think most people would say. I think you can go to, you know, Think and Grow Rich, great book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. You grab one of John Maxwell's books, you're going to be, you know, better off for it. Um, but I think Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why, and, and that's, I know you talked about it, you didn't really get into it, but you knew your why. Right. For a lot of people, they have no idea what their why is. They have no idea what their purpose is. And so if you don't know that, man, you're, you're lost and you're screaming and you're looking everywhere. Mm, yep. So get with that, figure that out. The next thing I, I would say um, is, is figure out what lane you want to go in. Because there's so many different books out there. There's so many different authors out there. And, and I heard this yesterday is find one and go deep with them. I've gone deep with John Maxwell. Same. I, mean, I go deep, Same. right? And I've gone deep to the point where I've done what I can to be in the room with him because his books are great, but I need to learn from him deeper as a person. And, and everyone starts on that journey, start somewhere. And, and so I read books in two areas, marketing and leadership. Why? Because I believe great marketing is great leadership and great leadership is great marketing. And they go hand in hand because they take trust and influence. So anything that's talking about trust and influence, I'm in. Mm. And it's about that, you know, that type of person that you want to talk to. It's that type of person you want to be. So I know that didn't exactly answer those books, um, but that's where I start to go down that path of just, you know, letting Audible talk about it. You know, which books do you recommend in this area? Is it, you know, Jocko Willink's Extreme Ownership? I think that's a great book as far as teaching people about, I got to own where I'm at. To get back to where you, you were saying earlier, as far as I think one of the biggest lessons people have to, you are where you are. Because of the choices you've made. Mm -hmm. Amen. And suck it up and own that. Mm -hmm. And if you want to be in a different place, make different <clears throat> choices. Be around different people. Learn different skills. Become who you are as a person. All those factors and, and, and find ways. And there's people out there. Just go search them out because they're in your community and they're willing to help you. You just have to put in the effort. And so, um, again, I don't know if that's yeah, I, lo I love books. I love that you said here's here's the one I want people to grab there. Find one person mm -hmm. that you like as an author and go deeper into their into their books and into their materials and in, into their stuff. Because I always that when I tell people that are that are going on a leadership journey with me here, I tell them there's no reason for you to come up off of John Maxwell right now at all. Like that needs to be 80% of your time minimum right now. If you need to switch up just for yourself, go ahead. But I think you don't need to leave here right now for this in leadership. If you want to know leadership, this is where you need to stay. We don't have to get cute with all these other books. Let's just, there's plenty here for you to chew on right. for these next few years. Come back and see me after right. we've ripped through you know, yep. 20, 30 of these suckers, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and you got this, this stuff mastered. I think that was, that was great. That part to shine a light on that part. I yeah. think that was, that's, because that's true. What happens is, is people get so scattered and they're like, Oh, that shiny object, that shiny object. And they're looking everywhere. And here's, what's important. How I, you know, how I really got tuned into John is I was looking for, you know, up until eh, three, four years ago, never really had a mentor you know, had people that, you know, I got to spend time with. I had, you know, people I was growing up with. Yeah. But never really had someone I'd say, okay, that's someone that is I'm modeling my life after that is a true mentor. And I had a goal for it and I prayed for it. And that was John. And it was only until two weeks ago, I understood why exactly John. I mean, I knew, but I didn't know how to articulate it. 
And it's what his next book is about values, all about values. And so the people you choose to go deep with, make sure their values align with your values. Wow. Because if they don't, dude, you're just going to be chasing your tail and you're, you're, you're going to get lost in figuring out what are the important things in life. I'll be, yes. you know, come on, man. I'm not a, I wear a black t-shirt. Yeah. All right. I've done that now for eight months. I don't have to think about what I'm going to wear. That's every day. I'm Steve Jobs, right? Yeah. What's that? I drive a Ford truck. Why? Because I like Ford trucks. Right. I, I'm not a vehicle person. I own some cows. They cost as much as vehicles because God has blessed me to be able to find whatever. But it's, it's understanding that's a value to me that it's not about what I own, but it's about what's inside of here. That's going to make an impact. Yep. And, you know, I've heard this a lot lately is, dude, if you're not working on the inside, whatever you're doing on the outside is just fool's gold because mm-hmm. you're kidding yourself and everyone else. Come on. It, it's it's. What do you mean by that? Inside, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that on the inside? What are you talking mm-hmm. about? Well, it comes back to a lot of things we've talked about. It's it's what worth work ethic do you have? What what values do you have? What what's important to you in life? You know, what what is your purpose? You know, people chase and and we've all been there. I've bought things because I thought, oh, that's going to feel good or this or that. It ain't getting you anywhere. Now, I like to stay in a nice hotel. I've learned that. I do like nice clothes at times. I'm wearing a $50 t-shirt and I'm happy to wear it. I'm glad with that. Could I buy? Yeah. But you know what? It's not going to matter if I'm not working on the inside and understanding how I can use that to impact other people. Amen. Well, is it permissible for me to work on myself on the inside and buy a new? I just bought a new chain. Are you going to judge me when you see this no, thing? Wait not, till you see this. I'm I, from Youngstown. You got to cut me a little bit of slack. You know what I mean? But I got, where do you see this chain I got? I'm worried. Now I think you're going to be mad. Where do you see this? Where do you see this? I'm not going to be thing? mad at you. I'm teasing now, you. Well, well, I tell you, I'll, I'll say this, Simon. That isn't going to help you connect with people. No. Unless that's what they're all about. Right. And if you're doing it, because that's what you're doing to like, hey, look at me, status this or that, you're you're going down the wrong Truth. path. Truth. That's where and people that's find exactly no happiness where, and joy. Go ahead. That's where people struggle finding happiness Uh-oh. and joy. They think every time they're going to buy a new thing, that that's what's going to finally make them feel good because they bought this thing or they bought that thing and, you know, I bought this thing. And so what I've learned is is, and if anything, you know, I could tell you, I like buying, I like having some nice stuff and I can't front like I, like I don't and and be somebody that I'm not, but I could tell you the stuff never has, has me, you know, no, everyone that's around me knows that the stuff, but I've used some of the stuff to, to, to see how can I catch people that are, they looking at that and then I catch them with this and it's something completely different than they thought. So they see the car, me and him will go pick up kids Mm -hmm. and they'll listen to, 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 Everything I got to say, because I'm in a convertible Bentley with big perms. Now, all of a sudden, I got a crowd of kids and I'm teaching them, hey, here's how you do this. Here's what I think you should do. And so I've used to to, I've learned to not let the stuff have me. And if anything, try to find a way to impact other other people with it. But I do got a big chain coming. Uh, That's your calling. (laughs) And that's why I call it. That's why it's a little bit of chains. What was that? Yeah, we love chains. We love chains. I mean. I know you had a chain in your time, player. No, no, I had no chain. <laughs> never? No, chain. no silver one? Never? No, no chains. Never. No, okay. I, I never chained. 
Right. Remember, I had cows. Cows have seen sometimes. Oh, you're I right. Know. I know, and I know. As soon as you said, "Man, the cows cost as much as cars," I know Perm was thinking, "Man, we would have tried to find a way." There was some kids down the street that would have tried to steal your oh, cow. Yeah, we would have had to put the club on the cow's legs, yeah. like, like that. You, you, ain't ain't going, you ain't going nowhere today, Betsy. Not now. Oh. Not today. They ain't uh, taking so, you home. Well, so, where would somebody be able to get a hold of you or find you or follow you on on yeah. uh, social media? Because you sh you should sure. see some of his stuff. He yeah. looks like GQ and some of his oh, stuff. Just come on, like, bro. It, <laughs> like <laughs> black and white per professional <laughs> photos and yeah. quotes and stuff. I see um, you. So my website tylerdickerhoof.com. com. It's two O's. Tyler Dickerhoof. Um, <laughs> yep. Tylerdickerhoof.com. Got it. Dickerhoof. Yep. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, um, LinkedIn, YouTube. Uh, I share on YouTube and on Instagram a thought of the day. Mm -hmm. Today was about, you know, being a bridge. Um, also, starting in January, um, I do have a book club coming out. So I'm going to mm. do a podcast, interview, mm. and a book club. If anyone is interested wow. in, in reading Come some on. of the books I'm reading, um, I'd love to have you guys in it. For sure. Because I know I'd love for you guys to to grow with me. And that's what I'm looking for. hundred percent. You know, it's going to cost money for people to get in, but all that goes to John Maxwell leadership foundation. Um, because as I think it's so important to teach values to everyone. So, and what is, what, what is the John Maxwell leadership foundation do? Where, yeah, like, so, where do those funds go? Yeah. So they are, uh, John's new book. John Maxwell has a book coming out the end of January called change your world. And you know, the, the predecessor of that book has been John teaching values in developing countries. So they've worked in Guatemala, Paraguay, uh, Costa Rica. I actually have the opportunity to go with John to Costa Rica in two weeks. Oh, wow. Um, so I'm so excited about that. I'm going to take my daughter. Um, but what they do is they go in and they start teaching curriculum to kids. Mm. And they start teaching them values where kids have never learned values, values like personal growth, like forgiveness, humility, honesty, and these type of things that society has lost. And he tried to bring it to the U.S. And they're like, no, 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 we don't want that in our schools. And he's like, okay, let me go work with the people because right. they'll bring it. And so that's what I'm excited about doing is helping bring that curriculum, those values into our society. Um, and so that's Love what it. the John Maxwell Leadership awesome. Foundation does. Love it, man. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you, man. We appreciate you sharing some of that wisdom and knowledge on the Grindcast today, man. Keep, keep continuing to be yourself and keep impacting people with that heart of yours man and uh um, i'll keep rooting for you i appreciate that appreciate and that. uh i'm thankful for guys like you that uh make me excited to to serve people and and yet at the end of the day um we're in this to help each other get better and, and if people aren't encouraged you need to get better you need to find different people boom amen sure dog thanks man thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grindcast. get ready it's, it's a, a new day. day count money man money stack man. riches, riches. Try, try, told, try and told him I'm a beast bud <laughs> <laughs>